0: To Girl Talk, and we're here with Kiri from Early Riser. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself and tell us what you do in uh, the band?
1: Sure, uh, I'm Kiri and I play guitar and sing in Early Riser.
0: All right, right on. Um, congrats on the, the new record, by the way. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Very
2: exciting.
1: Yes, a very long time coming, Um, so yeah, it feels almost surreal that it's actually out.
2: I think like any music that's coming out right now is just like an accomplishment in its own right, like with everything going on and like so many albums have gotten pushed back from last year because of the pandemic and everything, so like it's always super exciting seeing people put stuff out right now.
1: Yeah. And like, yeah, we waited all last year. We were just sitting on it, and our label wanted to take a break from putting stuff out, which we understood. And um, yeah, we just didn't really know what it would be like putting out music in a pandemic. But you know, coming up on spring and kind of turning a corner, the vaccine, everything, people were feeling a little more hopeful. And you know, we try to be hopeful in our songs, so we hoped that this was a good time to to put them out into the world. And we've been really happy with the response and that people are connecting with them.
2: Awesome.
0: I feel like it's it's a good like layering like you see the light at the end of the tunnel for like the the pandemic and everything and then like the songs come on and you're like okay this is this is hopeful <laughs>
2: <laughs> people have this just enough weird. time to learn the lyrics when we have shows again you know
1: oh my gosh I was thinking about that the other day that's like my biggest dream that everyone was just <laughs> so bored during the pandemic that they'll learn like every word to our songs like Um, I mean in New York I think there's just a thing where people don't get super into shows the way they do other places that I've been like in terms of really singing along and dancing and getting like super into it so that's what I always want to see like I want I that's what I generally want I want every show like every local show like every it's so much more fun everyone knows all the worlds everyone's singing along everyone's dancing having a good time so yeah, I think that we should all be using our time to learn all the words for all our local band songs and then just like bring it when shows come back.
2: Yeah, Kanan and I went to, was it last week? The-, the Weeks ago? Our first like socially distanced, like acoustic type show. It was like Ooh. very, like they had everyone spaced out. Like it was, it felt super safe. Like everyone had the masks yeah. on, you know but it was like our friends playing whose albums came out last year and it was just such a weird feeling because we were both like gosh remember when we joked a year ago about how we had all this time to learn the lyrics and now here we are like singing the new lyrics
1: so you did do it? <laughs> Yes, I love it
0: <laughs> I think especially like that first like week or month of like lockdown and we just had you know we're like what are we doing okay let's just like completely submerge ourselves in these (laughs) records and like learn (laughs) learn all the songs and one day it'll happen (laughs) yes I love that and I
1: love that you now have a story of your first show back because people for a long for this whole year they've been telling the story of like what was the last show you saw before the pandemic and now people will actually be able to say what the first show they saw was after it
0: oh my gosh I never even thought
2: (laughs) so wow that's like we're like not on edge but like there was still that like apprehension like okay we'll just see how it is you know if we feel unsafe or like we have anxiety about all these people like we'll go home like it's no big deal but like seeing all of our friends it was like oh my gosh you're here like in the flesh like you're standing in front of me you're not in a screen like like,
0: super excited I can't even describe like the the happiness that like we all felt seeing each other like in person as opposed to like
2: I think it was like a pack of like puppies just like running around. <laughs> pretty much what it was like just everyone running around saying <laughs> hi to each other
1: oh <laughs> that sounds so nice I can't wait I don't know when that's gonna be for me out here people haven't really started talking about acoustic shows or anything even people that I know but I don't know I mean it's good that people are being safe and you know venues here are allowed in New York are allowed to open partial capacity but it doesn't really make any sense like money wise and they're like you know we're so close like people are getting vaccinated let's just wait a little longer until it's safer and kind of figure it out so I haven't really heard anything yet but I would just love to see anyone play anything anywhere acoustic guitar in the park like just anything
2: yeah that'll be (laughs) interesting too like when bands come back because playing to like 25-30 percent capacity isn't going to be feasible for some of the smaller bands you know to make money off of yeah. And it's going to be one of those things where it's like, do we wait a little bit longer for it to open up more or do we just play to play? You know? Well,
1: it's not feasible for the venues either, you know, because they need a certain amount of people there basically drinking because they make more money off the bar than they do off the door. So it's tough. Yeah.
0: And everybody tip.
1: <laughs> I know. I hope everyone tips so well after all this is over and like appreciates people who work at venues I've been seeing a lot of people sharing like no more guest lists you know like you can pay to come to my show when we come through town you know your partner can pay to come to your show because yeah I've had shows like that where it's like you know we have a local show and then all the bands bring their partners and friends on the guest list and then like the out-of-town band doesn't make any money it felt like you had a pretty full room but all those people were on the guest list and then you have to go to the touring person and be like sorry here's like 20 bucks like and we all could have paid you know I mean I, I think it's great when shows are you know open to folks who can't afford it in that moment and you know or sliding scale or pay what you can or whatever but like if you can pay don't go on the guest list
2: because <laughs> you're just denying
1: money to people who need it
2: I hope during this time that people have found like a new appreciation for bands and just people within the music industry and you know what they go through and will hopefully, you know, pay and buy merch and do whatever they can just to support them. I think we've seen a lot of that too, during the pandemic, just people buying like records, so and, like, much T-shirts, merch. and you know, whatever yeah. they could, donating, you know, the live streams, all of that. So that's been really cool to see. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes. Definitely. I mean, yeah, like it's you know, at the end of the day, like you are providing like a service to people, and this is like your work and how you live and how you afford things. So it's like, you know, pay for it, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> sure. Um. So yeah, did you um, did you want to talk a little bit about like your upbringing and how you got involved in music?
1: Sure. um Yeah, I grew up here in Brooklyn, and um I yeah I didn't really know many people growing up who were into punk or anything like I would I found out about like a couple bands but it wasn't really until I got to college that I had access to like a lot of people who were in the scene and like people with cars who would drive me to shows and that's when it kind of like opened up for me so now it's a little later than some folks but um that's when I like played in my first band and uh yeah like it was it was cool because the the first scene I got into wasn't where I grew up because you know I went up to school in Connecticut. So I got to experience like a different area's local punk scene and like drive around to all different areas of um New England, like Boston and Providence and stuff and and go to shows in different places. And that was really cool. Right on. Did you have like
0: a um <clears throat> like a like a musical family?
1: Um you- yeah, my my parents were both into opera and they named me after an opera singer uh that's why I'm Kiri her name is uh, Kiri Takanoa and yeah my mom plays piano and guitar so she started me on piano lessons when I was pretty young and then I picked up
0: guitar in high school when I started writing songs wow
1: Cool.
0: it's always always nice hearing like where people came from and like if they were like rebelling against what their family wanted them to do right (laughs) no they were very supportive of all my
1: various creative endeavors which was really cool and I think that it's gratifying uh for my parents after all those years of lessons to see that I'm actually still playing music and You know, I play guitar in this band, but I played piano and keyboards in other bands. So all those years of lessons uh, did not go to waste. (laughs) Like
0: pass back for those lessons. (laughs) Where's that check? (laughs) Oh, yes. Parents. Um, Did you ever like start any other instruments too? Or was it just like guitars and keys? Yeah, just that. That's it. All right, cool um did you want <clears throat> to excuse me did you want to talk about um like the formation of early riser and how you met heidi like i know you guys uh, met in 2011 um as part of the feminist arts collective permanent wave um, yeah
1: it's kind of crazy looking back at it, it's been that many years that you know we've been working together on stuff yeah you know, we were just booking like feminist benefit shows in New York. And then we started booking together on the Chris Gethard show, which was a public access show that later went on cable TV. And uh, just throughout that time, you know, we were booking shows together in New York, playing in bands together. And then in um, 2014, Heidi and I started Early Riser as a duo, or I guess it had been like my solo project for a while, but I hadn't really done anything with it. So, um, our other band broke up and we were like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's make this our band and and make it happen. And, uh, yeah, some things just take longer than you want them to, you know, just finding like the right people to be in a permanent lineup. And so we would just play wherever we could and whatever formation we could by ourselves or with a full band, if people could play with us. Um, yeah. And it wasn't really until after our first record came out in 2017 that we, um, like actually solidified the lineup that we have today with uh Nicole and Mikey. So yeah, like it can take a lot of years. You know, there are some bands that just they form and they have a demo and they get hype and they, you know, start touring before they even have a record out. And it happens like so, so quickly. And like that's great for them, but that has not been my experience. And like that's okay. Um because yeah, like you just show up and you have fun with what you're doing. And then sometimes many, many years later, like it gets to a different place. And uh, yeah, it's just been interesting to, to see that unfold and see how we got to where we are now.
0: Yeah. Good things take time <laughs> <laughs> to develop it. But yeah, it's like 10 years ago that you you met each other.
1: I know, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> I can't believe it, yeah. <laughs> Um, And so how did you like come up with the sound that you have? Because I mean, it is, is, you know, like different for like a punk band. Yeah,
1: Um, it happened like really organically. Like I had my solo songs and they I had some riffs in mind, sort of like a lead. And because I had been playing with Heidi in another band, I was kind of used to playing with strings and I could see that working. So she just started playing the leads I had written. Um, as if she were like the lead guitarist and, you know, adding vocal harmonies that became a big part of our sound and, um, and then like finding other places to add cello. And then, you know, as we built up the sound with the full band, you know, we like were able to kind of make it make it more punk, really like bring in the rhythm section and still find like different ways to, to work in the cello and like more and more people singing and, and stuff like that.
0: It's been really fun. It was really fun. So when you, like when you were, were you actively looking for more people in your band besides just you two? Or was it just like, come hang out with us? Kind of thing? Yeah, at what first happened? we were
1: just playing like acoustic shows and stuff, or we would play punk shows but we'd be the only acoustic band, uh, which got really tiring because people would talk over us. And we, we like had a certain show we played where it was like a really good, well-attended show opening for a band we really liked. We were like so stoked to be there. And then we went on and like people were talking and we we're like, this is it. We're not playing anymore more acoustic sets. Like we're not playing again until we get a band. So that's when we started to sort of playing with whoever would play with us for different shows, just so we could actually like, like be a band on stage. And uh it makes a difference, you know? Like if you want people to really listen to your songs and not just when you're in like a quiet kind of coffeehouse vibe, like you gotta
0: put some heft behind it. Yeah. We're louder than you now. You can't talk <laughs> over it. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, Mikey was really cool when we came on here and you know, he plays in so many bands. <laughs> I'm like, oh yep, there he is. <laughs> We're just yeah, like, Yeah, he is off. the best. Like, how do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, people talk about him playing
1: in a million bands, but he doesn't play in a million bands at once, right? And like he's in a no, bunch not at once. <laughs> he's in a bunch that he like records with and plays with but when we asked him you know he'd been playing with us for a little while and when we asked him if he wanted to actually like be in the band and record with us and stuff he was really stoked and we didn't even know if it we thought it would be like weird to ask him because he has this like you know mythology around him of being in a million bands and being so busy and he was like yeah I would love to you know write a record with you guys like people don't realize that I actually want to work on and write the albums like a lot of times he would just be asked to go on tour with people like someone else would be on the album and then he'd be filling in or touring and stuff and he said you know it is really fun and gratifying to actually write the music with people like that is one of the best parts of being in a band so he um yeah we were excited that he was stoked about that
0: yeah I mean I definitely can see how that's like having to like do like a drum fill on tour versus like actually being there and writing with everybody and and contributing in like a different way yeah yeah contributing in that way versus like i'm just here to learn the songs that you all have written and just play them (laughs) on stage
1: yeah i mean and that's what he'd been doing in our band for a while like we uh we just had our our record that we had put out and we were just playing those songs for a while and it's still fun, you know, it's still fun to play good songs on stage if you enjoy them. But yeah, it's definitely different. And you feel a different energy when you have a group of people who created the things together and then everyone's like super stoked about them and then you get up and perform
0: them together. It, it definitely is different. Yeah, I, don't, no, I, just, I can only imagine <laughs> that like feeling. Um, what's been like the, like the most like fun show that you all have played together?
1: Ooh, uh, well, we got to open for the Hold Steady, who are one of our favorite bands in the world um, back in September, 2019. And that was just like a huge dream come true and everything about it was just so like nice and fun and special. So we're really, really grateful we got to do that before our shows went
0: away. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice thing to hold on to. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I was trying to think, I saw this like meme and it was like nothing, oh man what was it like nothing is at that level of like bragging rights as like I've been to that show or oh, yeah. something like, <laughs> something like oh, that
2: name you're talking about
0: yeah yeah <laughs> like word it correctly but it's like yeah I was at that show <laughs> you can like have that memory to like carry with you yeah forever you know till you till you can't quite remember and you're like I think that's what what happened that day <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly right on um So did you want to tell us like about your art? Um, It's all really like bright and colorful and fun.
1: Um, Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I've always done art since I was a kid, but I never studied it or did it like super seriously or anything, but I've always just been interested in like all different media and crafts and stuff. Um, And yeah, it's something I really started doing a lot more during the pandemic. Like, I found it really hard to play my guitar in my house as opposed to my practice space. I was really having, like, a block around writing any music or doing that, but I started painting instead. Um, I sort of took up watercolors and just did, like, tutorials from YouTube or um, just, like, whatever I felt like, and I had a lot of time, you know, so that was just a really cool thing to um, to work on and like, let myself play around with. Cause I can be such a perfectionist around any kind of creative endeavor, you know, like if I'm going to do it, I have to do it right. I have to take a class. I have to learn the techniques, but like, I didn't really want to do that in the end. Like I thought about it and I was like, no, I think I can just kind of play around with it and see what my style is and see what I like to do. So I'm really glad that I gave myself the space to do that. Cause that's ultimately a lot more fun and rewarding to just, like with music or art or anything, you know, to just let yourself do it, even if it's crappy, even if you decide not to show it to anyone, even if you put it on Instagram and only five people like it, like just to let go of all that stuff that we're used to measuring things by and just like sit with that satisfaction of like, cool, I painted something. I made this, like, this is an original thing that came out of my brain onto this paper. Um, and yeah, like you said, I, I love colors and I'm playing with that. And, uh, yeah so that actually led to me doing the art for the record because that's like the one thing we hadn't finalized uh before the pandemic we'd finished recording but we hadn't but we like owed the art to our label and we were having a really hard time or I was having a really hard time knowing what to use for it because uh I just I'm so attached to like having creative control kind of over what we put out there but I didn't think that I could do it I didn't think that I was like a good enough artist to do it myself, even though I wanted to. Um, And I was like embarrassed to admit that I wanted to, because I thought I needed to be like a professional artist in order to do the art. Um, So through the process of doing art uh, over the last year, I gained that confidence and being able to say like, hey, I created something that I think actually does represent our album. And, you know, what do you guys think? Should we use this for the art? And everyone was like super on board. And Nicole, our bassist, who's a graphic designer, she offered to do the design and layout, and like um, just worked with me to figure out like what I should paint for different parts, what should go on the label, and stuff like that. And so that was really cool. That uh, I don't know, out of this, in a lot of ways, bad year. Um, that is one good thing that came out of it, you know, that I did a lot of art and gained that confidence and was able to achieve that goal of making the art for the album. And I'm really happy with how it came out.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautiful, like that like sunset type.
2: It's very calming and just like puts you at ease, you know, looking at it. It's very pretty. <laughs>
0: Thank you. So did you like you just were you like focused on creating it or did it just like because you said that Nicole like kind of came up with like the layout, but did you just like were you brainstorming about it or did it just like? Um I had the signpost idea for a while. That was something
1: that I was sitting with and I really liked the idea of it, but I didn't know what medium it was going to be in. So I I bought a bunch of little uh wooden sticks on the internet. And I was going to try to make a diorama. I was going to try to like glue them together and like write things on them and set it up. I didn't have a place to do a diorama. I don't really know how to do that. So that didn't work. So I was like going through these different ideas of like, how do I execute this signpost? Is it a photograph? Is it a diorama? And then because I was doing the painting that ended up being kind of the easiest thing. So um, I did a whole bunch of versions of it and would just do it over and over. And that's another area where I had to just like really let go of the perfectionism, you know, and I wanted the first one to be it. And that's not how it is. You know, if you have an idea, you have to just like try it and play around and experiment with like, what color you you using for the background? And like how many signs are on the post and how big is the post compared to the sunset? You know, I have all these different versions of them, of it and um, and yeah. I forgot that it, it was like a lot of work just to, cause you know, it's like a simple painting, but there are a lot of versions that had to be made in order to get to that one. And same for the back. The back has, um, I don't think anyone's seen it yet cause the vinyl is still on um, pre-order, but mm-hmm. it's like a blue sky. It's during the daytime and it's a signpost and it's all different color signs and they have the names of the songs on them. Um, so that was something I had to do like over and over to get it right, like- how many can you fit on one page like how long do the signs have to be to fit the name like the name of the longer song like what color does it have to be to be able to read the text on top of it so um just like getting in the flow of just yeah doing them over and over and just like setting aside an hour to be like okay in this hour I'm just gonna like put on some music and I'm gonna do like another draft and just like see how it goes
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely, like, <laughs> when you're trying to, like, measure something and you think it's going to fit in the last part. <laughs> yeah, and then it does like...
1: <laughs> Oh, that was so frustrating. Yeah, I had to, I had to use the ruler more than I wanted
0: to, but it's, you can't, you can't freehand stuff like that in the end. No. <laughs> um, were you, were you, like, did you listen to the record while you were, like, making the the album cover? <laughs> That's a good question. No, I didn't. <laughs> other other things
1: yeah I would just uh yeah just try to put on like something soothing in the background and kind of just like get in the
0: zone yeah yeah that definitely definitely helps to I can't like I, cause I can't work in like silence like I mean if I'm reading or something that's okay. yeah but if it's like something creative like I don't know how people do that in silence <laughs> so, <my> yeah <laughs> I don't either Are you sure start singing to yourself I guess <laughs> yeah
1: well, there's this, um, this thing I got to do through my work. They have like wellness programming online and there's something called Art for Self Care where like every Tuesday these two brothers do a workshop where one of them is an artist and he'll just be like painting and the other's a cellist and he'll just play cello for an hour So I actually did, got a lot of the art done like in that hour on Tuesday evenings, uh, just while like experimental cello playing was happening in the background. And that was super cool because that's even better than having on like an album that you like or that you wanna listen to or whatever, because you don't, you're not like splitting your attention between what you're listening to and, and the art, it just kind of like all flows together. So I think there are times that I was painting in that class and I would be influenced by like, what the cello was doing or whatever and that was super fun.
0: Awesome. I'll say you and Heidi can do something like that. You
1: can- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Start our own workshops.
0: <laughs> that would be fun. Hey, hey you never know. <laughs> yeah. The the demand, you know, could be high. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah if we can't have regular shows for a while, like we gotta get creative. If people wanna go like play a uh, jam in the park and do some painting,
0: I'm totally down for that that was really fun actually it really does sound fun, fun. <laughs>
2: socially distance like paint circle with like the cello playing like right there
0: yes that's a great uh, idea <laughs>
2: this is a good idea
0: come on guys <laughs> let's get on this
2: came up with a million dollar idea right now yes
0: <laughs> so you never know Get the creative juices flowing you know <laughs> um so you recently gave like a list of books that like had inspired you when writing vocations. Um, I was gonna say, I've, I haven't read any of them, but which, like, which one would you like uh, recommend reading first? Um,
1: yeah, so that was a, a column on the blog, Large Hearted Boy. He does called Book Notes where um, mm-hmm. like musicians talk about their literary influences and then Uh, authors talk about their musical influences like playlists related to their books which is super cool and uh i don't think that any books actually influence like the writing of this album but there are definitely books that i've read in the past few years that feel like uh similar to a lot of the things that i write about um and one of them that i really liked was called how to build a girl by caitlin moran she's a a feminist writer from england Mm -hmm. and um She had written a nonfiction book before that, I think it was called How to Be a Woman and then How to Build a Girl was this uh, uh, novel that she wrote, like a coming of age novel about uh, a young kind of punk girl who gets into music journalism and like faces sexism in the industry and is just kind of trying to find herself and what she likes. And I just related so much to that book um, from my own experience. I remember reading it and being like, damn, I wish I wrote that. Like that feels like if I were gonna write a coming of age novel, that is the book that I would have written. So now I can't write one because that was it. <laughs> Although I'm sure, I'm sure that it wouldn't be that exact one, but like it just felt so on point with just the things that I've experienced and the things that I, that I think about and that I um, did write about on this album, you know, like experiences of being a woman in music and um, kind of finding my own voice and sort of where do I fit in and how do I wanna express myself? So yeah, that's one I definitely recommend
0: yeah I definitely I was like yeah, I was reading through the little the little blurbs and I was like all these sound really interesting but I was like where do I even start <laughs> like... yeah it was
1: fun to put together because it made me realize that I I do gravitate toward books that ask like big questions about art and artists and just tell really interesting stories about uh who makes art and who doesn't, you know, like people living in the shadows of their spouse or their parents, who's a famous artist. And even though they have aspirations and just like, yeah, just really interesting stories of um, sort of what people want to accomplish as, as artists in the world and who gets to do that and who doesn't.
0: Like, uh, like more so like identifying with the with the narrator of, uh, of the story as well. Mm-hmm. I guess that's helpful for me, at least, like, if I, you know, identify in that way, and then I'm like, okay, like, kind of help you with your life and inspire you. Yeah. So, yeah, And, I and like- realize that,
1: like, the most important thing is just to, like, make stuff, because there are, like, books, there's a couple books on the list where, like, two or three actually think where someone is, like, kind of living in someone else's shadow of, like, that person and their family is the one who gets to make the art, and they don't, and, like, there just kind of held back. And uh, there are definitely times, not for that reason, but other other reasons that I felt kind of like held back from making stuff. And it just reminds me of the importance of just just doing it, you know, and, and it doesn't matter if you get famous or what people think of it or any of that stuff,
0: like just do it. For yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that like a lot of people are hung up on on like the fame or or that kind of like, that's like the end the end point the end game like having fortune and fame and and but it's like are you fulfilled with that like are you happy with what you've done and created and you know creating that creating that space for yourself especially like being a woman um like just in any space and and everything's so taken over by like you know the cishet white man and it's like having that you know having to to force yourself to like make that space and say like i'm here and this is what i want to do and and you know this is my purpose kind of thing definitely and like if i'm doing something
1: different from everyone else like having the confidence to do that because it can be scary you know i i think it's it's a lot harder for people who don't see themselves reflected on stage to get up and do this and that's something that i wrote about um in the song the narrator on our new record and just the importance of of having a lot of diversity and inclusion in music scenes so that everyone who's coming up in it does see themselves reflected or or sees the potential in themselves being on stage or playing like any role in the scene, you know? So it's not just like, as you said, like, the cishet white guy is the only one who gets to be up there and do that. But like, when I was younger going to shows, that's the only person that I saw on stage. That was it, that's who was in every band. And and I still like played in a band and did my stuff, but like, it's harder, it's harder when, Um, especially when the bands that are all popular like people like those bands and they want other they want to listen to other bands that sound like those bands for some reason I don't know why I don't want to listen to all bands that sound the same but like it just perpetuates itself that the bands that get opening gigs and get signed and get all these opportunities are the ones that are the most similar to the bands that are already big which happens to be the white dude bands and then it just kind of goes and goes and goes and like it takes courage to put yourself out there and be like I'm gonna do something different than this. And I believe that this is valuable. And I believe that other people are gonna connect with this. And they do, you know, people want something different but you just have to have the courage to get out there and do it. And other people have to be willing to give you those chances, even though you're not, you know, some safe bet that's gonna make them money because you sound exactly like, you know, the all the other bands.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, just something different. And especially like you said, having like that representation of like, people to identify with someone else that's like, you know, themselves that, you know, wasn't always included in the scene. I'm just gonna be like, oh, like I can do that too. Cause I mean, yeah, growing up it was, you know, the same cis white dudes were like, okay, like, you know, or the, or like the women were like the groupies or like, you know, some kind of representation that we weren't super stoked on <laughs> or something. And yeah, like, kind of creating that, that space to, to have, different types of people different kinds of representation is important I mean, yeah I know, like, I like know. other groups
2: too like maybe they don't <laughs> identify with the person who's on stage but they know that they belong to a smaller group of people who aren't really yeah. as represented as like you know the cis white males that are dominating the music industry but they see that too and they're like you know what someone who is a little bit different like i am is up there doing this so i can do it too I can do it too. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
1: my hope is that more and more people who may not see themselves represented, like realize how extra important it is for them to get up there and express themselves and and share their art with the world. You know, like that is just, that's so needed. That's what we need so much more than just like
0: the same. 100%, yeah. I don't know, because I mean, I know that I get bored, like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: experiencing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think too, like
2: even with the space that we've created with girls, like we do focus more on like the marginalized groups, you know, like women, people of color, like the LGBTQ community, like Mm -hmm. all these people, you know, who may not feel as represented, you know, where they're from or, you know, the scene they're in or, you know, whatever it is, but there's all these great bands out there that people might not know about because they're still constantly seeing the bigger mainstream bands over and over again on their feed or, you know, whatever it is. So we're trying to spotlight, you know, these other bands that are just as good that people just aren't seeing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're doing amazing at it. And I love all your content in general that you don't just highlight bands, but you actually talk about like issues and share resources. And that's really, really valuable.
2: And I think the more like we normalize those topics too, especially in the punk scene, like the more we can, you know, help in creating that inclusive environment and being able to allow space for someone to address these issues or talk amongst themselves with it.
1: Exactly. Because yeah, if you do want to have a truly inclusive scene, it isn't just about like diversifying who's playing the shows. It's about actually listening to people's concerns and like um, yeah, making a culture where people understand things like consent, I think you were sharing about recently, and, you know, you can't, yeah, you can't have an inclusive scene just by, like, putting more women on stage, you know, like, yeah, Yeah,
0: because
1: there's so many times when people do play shows, and they're, like, the only, you know, woman or only person of their identity who's playing, and it is not a good experience, because people aren't welcoming, or it's not comfortable, or, um, just, like, so many things that, can and do go wrong you know yeah. um so it's just only like the first step to start having that more representation and then it's really like the responsibility of the whole scene and all the fans and the bands and the venues and everything to to get on board with like creating the kind of scene that they want to have
2: yeah i mean the topics that we cover too we've talked about it cuz there are things that are tough for people to talk about because maybe they don't know or they're afraid to actually you know speak their mind or, you know, whatever it is, but the more we can create a space for people to ask questions and say, Hey, I thought it was this way. Like, you know, what's, what, what is it really, or, you know, whatever it is, like the more yeah. we can normalize it and it can continue this chain reaction of things for people.
1: That's really awesome. And like really important to make that space where people can ask questions. Cause maybe like you said, there are people who haven't talked about certain things with the types of people that they go to shows with or that they see play or whatever. So to have a space where they can just ask and, and learn and, and grow is really awesome. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's been it's been good. The feedback we've gotten has been really great. And like, I think of what, what was the one that we shared, it was like the LGBTQ terms for people to like know, like pe- yeah. terms that like people should know by now or, you know, yeah. just be aware of that are like
0: common. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. And someone had asked a question, they're like, I don't know how to explain the difference between, like, sex and gender without stereotyping gender because I'm so used to thinking, like, everything's male and female. Or mm-hmm. essentially, like, you you almost have to think in, like, terms of there is no gender. Yeah, You know, the shirt I'm wearing doesn't have a gender, you know? <laughs> My laptop, yeah. you know, all these different things don't have a they gender, have gender. Thing. Mm-hmm. anyone can use them, anyone can wear things, anyone can paint their nails, you know, you kind of have to just look at everything as like this blank yeah. slate for everyone to wear and use and, you know, do yeah. whatever they want with it.
0: Yeah, I kind of break it down that way and, and like reconfigure like kind of the way that you think and, uh, you know, explain in that way. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's important, like certain subjects that are like, I guess I've been made like taboo yeah. in like our culture or whatever it may be and just having that that space to be like well why can't we talk about it you know why why isn't this being discussed because people go through it obviously and then they're like oh thank you for you know highlighting this yeah that and was like-
2: with that graphic like someone had commented they're like well when I grew up it was only male, female, and non-binary. And then like immediately after someone had a comment they're like, oh my God, they're like genderqueer. I think it was they're like, <laughs> I've never seen my term like on any other graphic. Mm. <laughs> it was really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting to see the ways that social media has changed in the past year. Like yeah. I feel like before the pandemic, I didn't really see anywhere near as much like social justice stuff and just like infographics and educating and like primers on different issues and that really exploded you know a lot of it was um as an outgrowth of black lives matter but then i just see it in terms of just like every issue and group and everything and it's it's really valuable for people to be able to you know find that information and, and share it and yeah, as you've been saying, just like have a space to to learn stuff. And of course you can't like learn everything and become a different person just from Instagram. But if you use it as a starting point yeah. to learn about things and then learn what else you need to do offline to to read and grow and stuff, I think that has been really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah,
0: not just online.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not just online. You do have to get off. Get off and do
0: things outside of there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um but you know yeah definitely I think people like with with the pandemic happening I think it kind of forced people to really like reevaluate themselves and and think like what am I doing what do I want to do what what kind of person do I want to be or like message do I want to convey um you know going forward because you know we're all kind of like like what the hell is going on (laughs) (laughs) kind of like exactly going
2: on it's hard to keep track sometimes
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's like a big theme of our album too which ended up like even though we wrote it before all this happened it ended up feeling really good to put out now because i think it asks a lot of questions that people have been asking themselves in the last year just like you were saying like what am i doing like the first song is saying like what are you doing with your life you know for the next 24 hours and that's a choice that we all had to make over and over this last year like stuck in our houses um, with our life just like upended, you know, we just had to make so many choices about how to spend our time and what's important to us. And we had a lot of stuff stripped away, and we're really able to to think about our values and and what we want to do. And um, yeah, I think that's that it's cool that like we wrote it before, but then it ended up really speaking to our own experiences of the last year too. And I think of a lot of people that we know as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool that worked out, <laughs> isn't that like? Huh,
2: this is strangely <laughs> like all coming out changed people. We're the same but yeah.
0: different. <laughs> same but different, yes, definitely. Um so speaking of uh the, the first uh the single vocations, um, and then you released uh pleasantries. Uh so did you wanna like talk a little bit about both those singles and, and like why you chose them to kind of introduce the record, um as well as like what they mean to you personally? Sure, um, so Vocations
1: is the title track, as you know, and uh, we just really like the message. And in addition to being fun and catchy and showcasing all the things that we wanna show about our sound, like the cello and the four people singing and stuff, um, we just felt that it was the the right thing to to lead with of that, that message we were just talking about of like, what's important to you? What are you doing with your time? And uh, Pleasantries, Puzzle is definitely our most emo song that we've written and we just kind of liked that. It's just like really fast and angsty and uh, it has a key change at the end, which is something that was on our like songwriting bucket list. So that was really fun to do, like a key change, big sing along part. Um, and it's just about like how I got sick of making small talk and not just like small talk with coworkers or strangers, but small talk with like people that I'm close to, like how it can feel frustrating if you're like, sort of just dancing around on the surface when you really want to be able to like talk to someone about something serious. Um, so that's what that came out of. And yeah, they're both really fun to play live. So I hope that at some point we will be able to play them live. And as we said, everyone will have practiced the words. They're not very long. <laughs> we some nice uh, two minute songs for you with a lot of repetitions. So uh,
0: no, not, not too hard to learn. <laughs> And we'll we'll be there. We hope we, we hope we <laughs> all, you know, live. We'll learn the record and, yeah, you know, we'll dancing up front. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, come on, everybody! <laughs> you know, come from. I mean, we'd love for you guys to come over here to to California and play. And yeah, you
1: know. that would be amazing. We have not made it that far. We haven't made it uh, any farther west than Pittsburgh yet, but. Yeah. <laughs> but we will see what we can do I definitely have the bug to uh you know to tour and get out of town and like see our friends you know we have so many friends in different cities that we've met both like on tour and then going to festivals meeting people from all over the country and we just yeah we miss them and we don't see them unless we tour and they tour so I'm looking forward to that coming back yeah
0: it'd be a lot of fun I can only imagine like the lineup that would be (laughs) that I would you would be on like I'm sure it'd be oh man it'd be so much fun (laughs) like imagining the future yeah but uh yeah like the um the song like pleasantries I don't know like it it really hit home I think for me because I I know that a lot of um a lot of the time like it's like pulling teeth with some people, like trying to get them to like really open up and talk to you um, in that way. Like, especially if you're giving of yourself, yeah. um, like just my interpretation, uh, yeah. like if you're giving of no, totally. yourself and you're, you know, opening up and you're being transparent about certain things and, and yourself especially, and and they're just like, like you said, like telling the funny story to the waiter and like they not to you, like, to, like why? why are we having this you know you're like I'm just gonna leave because you're not giving me what I need or what I deserve um in that way so I was like yeah totally
1: yeah you <laughs> nailed it and I it's always gratifying when you just like write this angsty thing based on an experience and the other people are like oh yeah like I totally get what you mean I've definitely experienced that and and understand that yeah
0: yeah and I especially like the line like, um, so I just shut down and we keep moving backwards like that. Mm. I think that was really important. Um, like that, that stood out for me. Um, Cause you know, like you say, like you give of yourself and they're like not giving back. And they are like, I'm just, there's nothing more I can, <laughs> I can do at this point.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. And like in order to move forward or like progress in a relationship or friendship or anything you do need to have that like equal kind of sharing and back and forth and stuff. Or or at least be on the same page. I mean, some people do just have friends where they just want to like do bits and screw around or whatever, and that's fine. But it's like if you're the one who wants to like be serious and they're just doing bits, then
0: it is hard to connect. Exactly. I was talking to I was talking to a friend and he was like, We we have really good conversations and he's like, We're on we're in different books, but we're on the same shelf.
1: <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
0: So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I think that's like friend goals, right? Like same
1: page is so specific, but if you can at least be on the same shelf, like maybe in the same category in the bookstore,
0: like that's pretty good. We're there, we're chilling on the shelf together. Um, So like all of the music videos that you have are so fun. Like I just, I really enjoy like a good, a good, like well thought out music video (laughs) like, Okay, so you have like two minutes to like show who you are and, and what you want to like, you know, what kind of like message or image you want to convey and, and who you are and what you want to say about a certain song or yourself. Um, so have you always like gone in to these videos with like a clear cut idea or some of them just like on a whim? Type of uh, yeah,
1: I love music videos and I love comedy. I did comedy for a few years. Uh, in New York in addition to music and um, it's not a coincidence that we work with comedy directors, uh, Drew Kaufman and Jess Lane for all our videos so far and yeah we had pretty specific ideas for the first couple for our last record, um, The Nevers and Find Me to the, for the Waltz, I went to Drew with the ideas like for the first one I knew I wanted to do like a ridiculous bucket list and for the second one I wanted to do a pop-up video but then um, like we wrote them together and all kind of like Drew and the band would all like generate different ideas of what we thought would be funny or like what we definitely wanted to do. Um, And Heidi was like, I want to arrest the cop. So that's when we got Jeff Rosenstock to play a cop and she arrested him, which is like one of my favorite things ever. So that's why it's fun to just like get everyone's ideas because they have their own idea of like what's going to be fun and funny, like for them. And then that definitely shows like how much fun we were having making it Um, and for this one for vacate for vocations, um, Jess had the idea. She came to us with like, she was so organized and on it. It was like really amazing. She had these treatments for three different videos that she, ideas that she had come up with for the song. And, uh, we loved the astronaut one and thought it was just like perfect because we needed to be able to shoot it in our homes, but we didn't want to do just like another quarantine video, you know? So that was just So brilliant. (laughs) that She could add the animation and we could actually shoot it in our homes and be doing like mundane stuff, but also for astronauts and we save the world. So like, how awesome is that? Um, And yeah, she added like, well, we had, we gave our ideas of what we wanted our professions to be uh, like, Heidi does do a lot of political stuff like she works on campaigns and stuff so that's why she like wanted to run for office and Nicole wanted to learn a TikTok dance um but then Jess added like so many funny things and all the little like captions on the screen and the spaceship and stuff for her ideas and they were just like cracking us up
0: (laughs) yeah it was definitely (laughs) like yeah it was cool ideas definitely different than you know than run-of-the-mill like quarantine video
1: so yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're really glad we got to do it. Cause we just, I love music videos. I think it's just such a fun part of the process. I always want to do them and um, yeah, we were worried that we weren't gonna be able to do it because we were at home. So the fact that we got to work with someone so talented we wanted to work with Jess anyway, like in the past. And uh, the fact that it worked out like doing it remotely and everything was was super cool because that just it would be sad if we put out an album we didn't do any videos normally we would have done another one for the second single but we just like didn't have the time and energy to try to figure that out um maybe in the future but yeah i'm really glad we got to do it
0: Yeah, i, I was like it's there you know we're, <laughs> we're going towards the the light at the tunnel people can start to see you live hopefully soon and <laughs> You know, we'll know we'll know the songs <laughs> yay <laughs> we'll get there um yeah on the on the nevers like the the list is so funny i love the the um make fetch happen <laughs> <laughs> but, like, i was like yep <laughs> still didn't yeah uh, didn't. <laughs> i feel like all our videos
1: so far have so many like easter eggs we just pack in so many jokes into two minutes that you just have to watch it again if you want to get like all the little jokes and written things and stuff. And that's, that's what I find funny, right? Like watching a show, like it makes you think of BoJack Horseman. If you ever watch that show, like it just has so many jokes that you basically have to pause the screen. Like all the jokes <laughs> would be like on a list on a board in the background. And they're all hilarious. Uh, and the writers put so much into work room. into like,
2: what? Every time they walk into a room, you have to pause it. And you're like, okay, let me just scan. <laughs> yes quick
1: yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah. and I love that because it just shows how much work people put into it but also how much fun they were having that they were just like sitting around and they thought of like so many things that just cracked them up and then they just like dumped it all in and you have to pay so much attention to like get all of it but when you do it's it's just so funny so I love doing stuff like that
0: well, that's so funny. i like, they're like the pop-up video, <laughs> like kind of, that was so funny. I just, oh my gosh, keep, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Very, entertaining. <laughs> very, very entertaining. Yeah. Just like little, little facts or tidbits or like fun jokes and, and yeah, it's great. You know, anything to kind of keep the spirits up, <laughs> you know, no even, even like pre-pandemic, you know, we all needed like a little pick-me-up, oh, yeah. uh, now and then, uh, in the before times.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like, even if your songs are serious, I think it's just so much more fun to make a funny video. Like, it wouldn't feel right to me to make like a really serious, like angsty video or whatever. Like, even if the song is serious, I, we just want to do something like super silly. That's what people like watching.
0: Yeah, and I definitely love like the juxtaposition of like the serious lyrics with like the more upbeat Uh, melodies and instrumentation and stuff like that that's really like yeah that's great because you're like you're singing like i'm so miserable
1: (laughs) (laughs) i always love that like i don't know if you guys listen to motion city soundtrack but they're one of my favorite bands and uh that's just like for me, such a good representation of this insanely poppy, catchy music that is just all about like depression, basically, and like, like so heavy, but so catchy. And it just works so well. Like you wouldn't want it any other
0: way than that, like mixed together. Exactly. I was going to say, have, do, have, do you listen to Paramore? Yeah. I was going to say after laughter is like a great, um, <laughs> like representation of that, of like. Right, right. we sure. catchy songs, but just like, you're so sad and depressed, but, like. We're just gonna keep going yeah <laughs> so yeah it's, yeah it's wonderful just keep keep the spirits up and then you think like wait what am i singing hold on <laughs> <laughs> dance to keep yourself from crying
1: or dance and cry at the same time
0: hey exactly i've done it <laughs> i've been there <laughs> just keep going so what do you like obviously like the pandemic has played like a big part in like changes but what do you think like has changed the most from the time you all have released um, currents to releasing vocations changed in what way like just like personally or like dynamics with like the band or um just really anything really like writing or
1: i don't know we haven't been in the same room in a year which is crazy like i miss band practice so much um i mean i hope that nothing has changed in terms of our ability to just get together and have fun and write together and all that stuff. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just what I was talking about, about like the art and just kind of letting myself embrace that side. And that's something that I want to continue to to, to bring into what we do. Like I did a, a drawing with a, um, of a lyric for every song. And that's something that I had always wanted to do for our last album. And I didn't have time and now I had time. So I have been posting some of those on my Instagram and I put them all without the lyrics on our Spotify canvas. So if you listen to the song on mobile, you can like scroll through and see the drawing for each song, um, which was so fun for me to do. So I think that's something that, um, that I want to continue going forward of just like doing the visuals and the music and just seeing like the different ways that those can come together to express, what's in my brain.
0: <laughs> Love that. <laughs> That's great, yeah, just kind of, yeah, especially having time to really be like, oh, I never had time for this before. I was always like, you know, for you guys, like I was touring or I was, you know, promoting this, or I was in another city and didn't have time to, you know, but it's like, now you have time to like, do all those things, you know, do the bucket list <laughs> that you, uh... That you want to do make fetch happen? <laughs> yeah, make fetch happen. <laughs> We're working on it. It's been uh, I was thinking when did that movie come out? Two thousand four. It's been a while, but working toward it. Yeah. So, what? Like you've talked about perfectionism and how like that has kind of how, like kept you from doing more things that you than you wanted to. So how do you think that has affected when you like made music, you said that you kind of um, like worked toward it and didn't like, what am I trying to say? Like you didn't, you didn't take it like as seriously as like trying to be per- perfect with it. So like, how did that come about? Um, yeah, I think it's just a process and it
1: affects me differently in like different areas of life or like different pursuits like if I feel really confident about something then I don't feel like as much of a perfectionist about it so like I'm really confident in my songwriting my lyrics because that's something that I've worked on really hard since I was like 16 I just decided like I'm gonna write lyrics I'm gonna work on this all the time I'm gonna write like hundreds of songs that no one even hears and so I felt like really good about my skills in writing lyrics but then there are other areas like with guitar, like I play guitar a lot less than I write lyrics. Like that isn't something that I spent as much time on. So like, I can feel more like self-conscious about that or feeling like I have to prove something or like, um, you know, that all that stuff. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the more, Like sense? more so
0: for your, for yourself versus like trying to impress other people.
1: Yeah, I think you just kind of have to decide for yourself, like, what is, like, a good level of ability at each thing that you do, right? Like, there is something, and it has to be for yourself, so it's, like, if there's something that you want to work really hard on and get really good at, then it has to be for yourself, and then there's something else that, like, you know, you'd impress other people if you were better at it, but it's not something that you really want to spend as much time on, and it's, like, you have to decide for yourself, like, okay, maybe that isn't the thing that I'm going to spend as much time on, and just, like, yeah, let go of all those like ideas, either that you have in your head that, that you think you need to be perfect or just those fears that come from like how other people will judge you if you're not like good enough at something or like as
0: good as someone else's something. Yeah, It's definitely like, don't compare yourself to, to someone else or their abilities. Cause that's like, that's destructive.
1: <laughs> it's really you destructive. Know? And we have an, another song about that on the record too called Other People's Riches. That was from like my own experience of just like comparing to other people's successes and just feeling like so jealous of what they were accomplishing and just how, yeah, as you were saying, that's just like super toxic and it eats at you and makes you feel terrible. And there's just like nothing productive that ever comes out of it. Um, well, the only thing productive I think that comes out of it is like if if you realize that you you want what they have so badly then like you can work for it. Like the only thing, like if you can turn it into a positive, like, oh, I'm really jealous because that's something I really want to accomplish. Like, great, let go of what they're doing and then like work really hard to accomplish that thing, but not because they did it or to like (laughs) one-up them or match them. Like, you know, if you take anything from that experience, like take away like what your values are and what you care about doing and accomplishing, and then just focus on that and not like what other people are doing.
0: Yeah yeah it's hard not to be like swayed or influenced in that way like oh they're doing that and they're so good at it and I'm not <laughs> so good at it but like, knowing,
2: like the person like if you're comparing yourself to a person or you see someone doing something that you're doing and like you're getting frustrated because they might be more successful not taking into account that they might have like 10 more years of experience or you know what I mean it's like everyone's journey is different everyone has Different experiences, different ways of going about things and trying to remember that stuff when you see, you know, people in the same field or, you know, doing what it is you're doing. Because if you're seeing someone and you're like, Wow, they're like so big and they're doing just what I'm doing, but not taking into account that like maybe they have a master's in that field and you know, all these different things that are playing a part in that, like that's gonna tear you apart too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, passion also plays, like, a big part in it as well. Like, if you're just doing it to compete with someone as opposed to, like, actually being passionate about that particular thing, like, it's not going to come out the same or, you know, or you're not going to feel, like, as gratified by it, I guess. No, totally. I mean, that
1: happens to me a lot. When I was doing comedy, I was, like, studying improv really seriously. There's, like, a really intense... Improv scene here, as I know there is in in LA also. And um, it's just like super competitive. And I was around all these people who had these really specific goals. And I kind of like took on those goals of like, oh, I want that too. And I convinced myself that that was what was important. That was what I really wanted. But it, and and I got just so like sucked up into it that I didn't even realize for a long time that that wasn't what I wanted. You know, it just seemed like, well, I'm doing this and that's what, this is what all the people who do this want to accomplish. So that must be what I want to accomplish. And then like, I really had to step back from that and be like, no, like, I just want to play music and get my music out there and like write songs with my friends and not like compete for an exclusive spot on a, you know, comedy team at a theater. And like, yeah.
2: I think that happens so I, a lot.
1: It does. Yeah.
2: People, you know, they see, you know, someone and they say, you know, oh, these things are working for them or, you know, these, they're doing these things and, you know, they're get, getting successful and, you know, all these different things are happening and they try and implement that into whatever it is they're doing, but that's not really who they are. And then they get frustrated because it's not working the same for them.
0: Exactly. Exactly. What, um, what have you, like, what records have you been listening to lately?
1: Um, man, I have not been listening to enough music this whole year. Uh, even though I had like nothing to do, I somehow was like really just behind what's coming up. But the couple of records I've been listening to a ton, my bandmate Mikey, um, mm-hmm. I hear self-titled, so good (laughs) listening to that a lot and um one of our brooklyn friend bands called nervous dater they put out a really incredible (laughs) you've heard it yeah yeah uh oh my gosh just like so many feels from that record um another one that i really can't wait to to hear live when shows come back and um anika Pyle put out a really beautiful record recently um so i'm trying to say now that it's a new year uh i'm trying to stay more on top of like what what's coming out at least like what our friends are putting out and stuff because yeah it's cool that when you play in a band for a while you know you meet all these amazing people and then all these records that are coming out that are like your favorite records are actually by people that you know and have played with which is really fun yeah that's yeah
0: there's definitely even though it's only april there have been a lot of records that come out so far (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) trying to keep that
2: were pushed back because they didn't want to release during 2020 yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Like let's just all <laughs> throw them out there.
2: Like,
0: I'm into it. Give it to me.
1: Give me something to think about. Uh. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Give me something new to listen to. I'm sick of listening to the same, same records over and over again. Need that like, that we're craving it. <laughs> More records. Um, so, what's uh, what's next for for you and uh, and early riser?
1: Uh, hopefully band practice. (laughs) We're keeping our goals really small. I just want to have band practice in 2021. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was so long between our two records coming out. I'd love to, to like, just get writing again and get on like a quicker cycle of like writing and releasing stuff. But I hadn't really been that inspired over the past year with writing. So now that the record's out, I'm hoping to maybe just like go over to the practice space by myself and just start writing again and kind of seeing what I even want to say next. Cause I'm really not sure at this point, you know it's just been such a crazy year and we've all been through so much but I don't even know if that's what I want to write about or not, you know, so just kind of trying to feel that out and then hopefully get everyone back together and start working on some stuff.
0: Uh, Raven, did you have anything else to add?
2: Um, Do you just want to plug like your social media and where people can find you and
0: all of
1: that fun stuff? Yeah, sure. uh, Our website is earlyrisermusic.com. We're um, Early Riser with two extra R's on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Early Riser Band on Twitter. Cool.
0: Thank you for joining us. Yeah.
1: Thank Thank you. you. This was so much fun. It was great talking (laughs) with you. What are you doing?